Hello and welcome back to Ramblings of a Madwoman with your host Malala Haluindi. I apologize for not recording the previous days. I was taking some time out, uh, probably been a bit busy and I needed to rest, but we continue from where we left off in the previous episode and that was on mental on mental health and i remember in the previous episode i said that uh the next episode would be looking at the diagnosis the treatment and and maybe i can touch base on a little myths and facts uh with regards to mental health conditions so today's episode might not be as long as um the previous episodes that i have recorded because it's more like a finishing touch but i hope i can get my thoughts around it and find something sensible to say with that said let's get right into it so if we did a re- if we do a recap on what was um touched in the previous episode we looked at um the definition of mental health we looked at um the causes of mental health and we also looked at the types of mental health and all of that can be attributed to experiences that people face in life so it might be experiences that you have as an adult it also might be experiences that you have as as a child uh, the stimuli that you're exposed in and going back to um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs it's important to note that there's a reason those needs actually exist and that in, if if by any chance each one of them is missing there's a possibility it's going to affect your life in ways you do not um realize and from that it certain conditions certain behavioral patterns certain attitudes may develop because you're missing that one key factor and if we remember in the previous episode we said that for people whose uh, physiological needs that let's take housing situations employment um the basic needs that we we're supposed to have in life like let's say a house your job um employment like i just mentioned it if one of those is lacking or if you do not have that physiological need uh there's a possibility that you are going to um you're going to spiral down into a hole where you feel incomplete and it's not only about your physiological needs there's also other needs that may feel that may make you feel inferior or they may make you feel like you're less than and from that you may start to feel a certain way you may get depressed you may start to feel anxious but then it's not only from that but then it's also experiences that you've been exposed to um let's say you had an accident let's say there's some biological factors in your family but then remember on biological factors just because there's someone with a genetic predisposition of mental health conditions in your genetic pool it doesn't mean that you're at risk of being exposed to that um mental health conditions there's people who don't have any trace of mental health conditions in their genetic pool but then because of the experiences that they've been exposed to in life they they you know the mental health tanks and then we have all of these um all of this shit that's that's springing up so not to carry on talking about what we looked at in the previous um episode uh i'm going to get right into the diagnosis and 
another disclaimer i keep making this the this disclaimer because i do not want people coming from me and making it seem like i know it or no like i said i am not a certified psychologist or psychiatrist i am just basing this information on the research that i have conducted experiences and observations that i have made so we look into the diagnosis diagnosing a mental health disorder requires a multi-step process a doctor may begin by looking at a person's medical history and performing a thorough physical exam to rule out physical conditions or issues that may be causing the symptoms no medical tests can diagnose mental health uh, disorders however doctors may order a series of laboratory tests such as imaging uh, exams and blood work to screen for other possible underlying causes they will also do a psychological evaluation this includes asking a person's symptoms experiences and how these have impacted their lives sometimes the doctor may ask a person to fill out mental health questionnaires to get an idea about a person's thoughts feelings and behavior patterns now for this diagnosis i'm going to go i'm going to get a little bit personal um like i mentioned in the previous episode to say mental health uh condition uh, talking about mental health conditions is something that's personal to me and it's something that's um, dear to my heart because not only have I gone through uh, mental health, a mental health condition, but then I have seen the impact that it has on other people's lives, not my life per se, but then other people outside of me. So I remember when I was getting my diagnosis, I'm not going to say what it really was, but then I was asked um, by... A doctor uh, I remember just going to the hospital and saying this is what's happening to me da 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 and then I was referred to I think that was a psychologist or yeah I think that was a psychologist I didn't really I don't remember the the person's profession but it should have been along the lines of either a therapist psychologist or a psychiatrist I, I don't really know the difference but somewhere along those lines or maybe they were just a doctor I'm not too sure <laughs> but anyway I I digress so yeah they the doctor um, asked me about certain experiences that I had been through, ranging from childhood experience and, and any adult experiences that I had been exposed to. And from there, they, he was able to make a, not really a definitive diagnosis, but he was able to start working with me and treating me accordingly now i'm not saying i am perfect i'm not saying i'm completely healed i do believe that there was certain work that needed to be done but like i said treating mental health conditions is a bit expensive it's it's not in everyone's tax bracket so if you don't have health insurance and let's be honest it's not like every insurance uh, service provider in our country tackles uh, or includes mental health conditions so some of these things may be prescribed under general practice like you get it from like a general doctor who probably has knowledge on mental health conditions or just a doctor or whatever but then mental treating mental health disorders is expensive and because it's it's misunderstood and people don't really take time to to look at the effects that it has on a person they don't really think it's as important but then i'm hoping 
that insurance service providers can look at it and say, you know what, this is actually something that people are going through. It's happening to people and they need to, there has to be a way we can make these um, services available for them. So yeah, um, like I said, it was quite expensive, so I had to stop at some point, but then um, there were other treatment plans that I was offered that I'm not really going to get into because that's that's a little bit too personal and <laughs> I don't want to dump all that information on people, but yeah. So that was uh, in 2019, so like for the diagnosis. They asked me uh, questions with regards to my experiences. They asked me questions about how I was coping with everything else, how I was experiencing life at that point in 2019 and they were able to help me and I was given some forms, which is now me going into treatment. <laughs> I was given some forms to write, um, write on how I'm feeling, how certain things are are impacting my day-to-day -day life if I had a trigger during the day I was I was tasked to write it down because I had to verbalize my emotions I had to speak on what was making me feel that way and from that I was able to dig deeper into why I was feeling that way and most of the times like I mentioned you find that your trauma is not usually a memory it's a reaction so because you don't really remember I'm not saying that you always won't remember but, but there'll be instances where because you're feeling a certain way it's tied to how you were feeling back then when whatever it was happened so because I was able to to, sorry because I was able to 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 write down what I was feeling to write down what my triggers were to write down whatever it is that was happening in my day-to-day -day life it was easier to see a pattern of my thought process it was easier to see a pattern of what made me spiral it was easier to see a pattern of my triggers and why I was feeling that way and after I wrote all of those every time I went for my therapy session I had to present that information to my doctor and my doctor would review that and then aside from me on my own noticing a pattern my doctor would then ask us to talk about it because just as much as you've written about it it doesn't mean it makes it better just because you've written about it so I needed uh, the counseling I needed uh, someone to talk to or with professionally and they would break down certain things and they would elaborate certain things and it would go on like that it wasn't only about writing about my day it was also rating my day like my day was good what happened okay this happened how did it make you feel this 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 and then writing about um, how you're feeling in the moment i think it taught me a lot about vulnerability and um, i'm i may be diverting a little here but it taught me a lot about vulnerability and I know everyone's like, oh, I'm such a vulnerable person. I am so open to vulnerability. I'm able to what, 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 what. But like I mentioned in the previous episode, there's a difference between being open and being vulnerable. Being open, I can probably define it as you saying something that happened to you after the fact. You're not saying it when it's happening. You're not saying it as you're feeling right then and there you're probably going to talk about it when you have sorted out your feelings when you have 
done like a, a pro and cons of why sharing this is going to happen that's being open you're speaking on your truth but then vulnerability when when it came to speaking on whatever it is when i was when i was actively going to therapy was me holding space for myself in that moment was me having conversations with myself in that moment and to be honest it was so hard because it was easier to have conversations with people it was easier to have conversations with people about something that's probably important to you but you filter out the information that you give to them you filter out whatever it is you're going to tell them but then with being vulnerable with myself in that moment i had to tell it as it is even if it didn't make sense at that point even if my words were all mumbo jumbo i had to be honest with myself and say this is how i'm feeling why am i feeling this way so yeah writing about it was just one of the ways so let me get back into it and then i can speak more on the writing about it and whatever forms that um i was given as a treatment plan but that's not the only treatment. Please don't don't come up, don't come for me and say that's the only treatment. No, that's one of the treatments. So as I was um, reading further, where I said they will also do a psychological evaluation. This includes asking about a person's symptoms, experiences, and how these have impacted their lives. Sometimes the doctor may ask a person to fill out mental health questionnaires to get an idea about a person's thoughts, feelings, and behavior patterns. Most mental health specialists use the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders. This is called uh, the DSM-5. So if you're someone that loves to watch um, series centered around the hospital like Grey's Anatomy, Chicago's med or whatever i've forgotten the name and then you see there's like a psychologist there and then they're talking about the dsm-5 so this is basically a manual of all mental health conditions and how each mental health condition will present with certain symptoms uh, behavioral patterns and everything um of the like Uh, DSM-5 to make a diagnosis. This manual contains descriptions and specific criteria to qualify for a diagnosis. So we go into treatment. There are various methods of managing mental health problems. Treatment is highly individual and what works for one person may not work for another. Some strategies or treatments are more successful in combination with others. A person with a chronic mental disorder may choose different options at various stages in their life. The individual needs to work closely with a doctor who can help them identify their needs and provide suitable treatment. Below are some treatment options for people with mental health conditions or disorders. So there's psychotherapy or talking therapies. Therapies, rather. <laughs> this type of treatment takes a psychological approach to treating mental illness. There's cognitive behavioral therapy, exposure therapy, and dialectical behavioral therapy. These are the, the examples of the type of psychotherapies. Um, and again, I am going to stitch the link of where I'm referencing these because I can't really talk about them in detail. I need to do more research and pay, maybe that's like a fault on my part. I should have done more research. But then there's so much information. There's so much you can learn. I'm going to stitch it. I'm going to stitch the link so that you can read more. And if anyone has any questions, they can get back to me or whatever. But, or you can 
be in touch with people that you can trust and ask them about these things. So yeah, I'm going to stitch the link. Psychiatrists, psychologists, psychotherapists, and some primary care physicians carry out this treatment. It can help people understand the root of their mental illness and start to work on more healthful thought patterns that support everyday living and reduce the risk of isolation and self-harm. Then we look at medication. Some people take prescribed medications such as antidepressants, antipsychotics, and axiolytic drugs. Although these cannot cure mental disorders, some medications can improve symptoms and help a person resume social interaction and a routine while working on their mental health. Some of these medications boost the body's absorption of good chemicals such as serotonin from the brain. Other drugs either boost the overall levels of these chemicals or prevent their degradation or destruction. Then there's self-help. A person coping with mental health difficulties may need to change their lifestyle to facilitate wellness. Such changes can include reducing alcohol intake, sleeping more, and eating a balanced nutritious diet. People may need to take time away from work or resolve issues with personal relationships that may be causing damage to their mental health. People with conditions such as anxiety or depressive disorder may benefit from relaxation techniques, which include deep breathing, meditation, and mindfulness. Having a support network, whether via self-help groups or close friends and family, can also be essential to recovery from mental health. So just to speak on the psychotherapies, the medications, and self-help. And I'm going to use myself as an example because I think that's the only point of reference I have in my life. And yeah, so I have done the the self-help, I have done the medications, and I have done um, the the psychotherapist with, with a psychologist. So like I said, um, 2019 was when I got my diagnosis, but I had to stop it halfway um, because let's, let's be honest, treating a mental health condition when you have a very limited um, insurance policy is a bit tedious it's a bit hectic so i had to stop halfway but then what i took away from me stopping halfway was that i didn't stop journaling i didn't stop having personal conversations with myself it's just that i wasn't talking to a doctor or a psychologist uh, on a frequent basis that help that would help me with certain perspectives but not only was i doing the journaling and everything else but i have a supportive network i have a supportive group of friends that and family that what's the word i'm looking for that listen to me and hold space for me and that's important when you're going through um when when you're in the thick of it like when you're experiencing and you're having like really heavy symptoms, you need a circle of people that understand you, that cater to your needs. And it's not in the way of, oh no, I'm seeking validation. Oh no, this, 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 this. But it's more in the way of you're asking for help from people around you and the people around you are there to help you. And it's important if you have people in your life that support you, that take care of you, that listen to you and they do not judge you. Above all, they do not judge you when you're going through all of this. So it's important to have that because you need grace and you need patience, not only patience, with yourself but people around you also need to be patient with you because mental health disorders take a toll on you and 
looking at society's point of view with regard to mental health disorders, not a lot of people are understanding, not a lot of people are empathetic. They just look at it as you being crazy. They just look at it as something that's not as important. And I'm here to debunk that notion that it is important and people need to be looked at with grace. People need to be looked at with patience. People need to be looked at with with love. And this is not only about your circle, even your, the places you work for, the places you work with, or the people you work with. If there's not that support, if people are just judgmental, if people are just brash about what you're going through it's going to fuck you up in the most in in ways you don't understand it's going to fuck you up in ways that you're unable to comprehend but then you have to keep going because obviously that's your day-to-day thing that's that's your bread and butter but then i hope people in corporate lives corporate positions or whatever can be more understanding and can hold space for people with mental health disorders just because someone's condition isn't physical it doesn't make it less important it doesn't make it less valuable it doesn't it doesn't make their struggles unimportant no it just means they are suffering differently and they still need the grace that you give to someone that has a physical condition so yeah i was talking about um journaling and therapy that helped and then there was a point where I'm not really going to go into details, but there was a point where I needed to be put on antidepressants. So I've had like um, two dosages of antidepressants. I'm not going to give the name because I don't trust you, motherfuckers. Some of you may go and start looking for these drugs just to get like a temporary high and whatever. (laughs) But like, yeah, I was put on two dosages for antidepressants. My first dosage was like a five day dosage. And my second dosage was like a 30-day dosage. And all I can take away from that is it's not a good feeling. In as much as it's helping your your body regulate itself, in as much as it's helping your brain um, relax its thoughts and whatever, there's times when I really wouldn't be myself. There's only one thing I wanted to do, and that's sleep. And I understand why my body wanted to sleep, because it's like uh, my nervous system was being regulated and it felt weird but then my brain was so quiet my brain was it was so silent it 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 felt good but it also felt weird because my emotional response was also a bit dwindled so i'm a bit on the fence when it comes to antidepressants but i'm not going to take away the fact that it was beneficial and like we have said on self-help about how sleeping is also important because your nervous system needs regulation and Um, I'm going to stitch something on nervous system regulation and the links after I'm done with this episode. But like, yeah, I wanted to sleep more. I, I had a slow reaction to everything. Like you could be telling me something and I'll just be looking at you like, okay, I'm trying to understand where you're coming from. But because my brain is not working at the point that it is used to working at, it's a bit difficult for me. So for me i'd give it like a 50 50 experience with antidepressants but then i understand that there's people whose conditions need antidepressants and i'm not saying don't get them if your doctor sees uh says sees that there's a need for you to be on antidepressants i believe that you should follow the doctor but then also ask ask questions ask questions ask your doctor probably people that you trust that have certain information on this thing so that you can get better knowledge and feel better acquainted with what is being given to you 
so so yeah seeing that i have looked at the treatments and everything else um i can look at the the myths surrounding the myths and facts surrounding mental health conditions so again i'm still reading from the link i had attached in the previous episode but i'm still going to stitch it as well as on system nervous system regulation and maybe if anyone finds needs that information they can go look through that and see whatever further research they need to do uh there are several commonly held beliefs and misconceptions about mental health here are some examples myth a person with mental health conditions has low mental health condition with a mental health condition rather has low intelligence fact mental illnesses can affect anybody regardless of intelligence income or social status myth teenagers do not have mental health issues they just have mood swings due to their fluctuating hormones fact while it is true that teenagers often have mood swings it does not mean that they cannot have mental health issues half of all mental health conditions begin by age 14 myth people with mental health illnesses are dangerous violent and unpredictable fact many people are quick to label people doing mass violence and crime as mentally ill however crimes committed by people with serious mental health disorders only make up five percent of all violent crimes myth psychiatric medications are harmful fact mental illnesses like other health conditions are real illnesses these medications may be necessary to help them function normally ease their symptoms and improve their quality of life they are not harmful or an excuse for people to avoid dealing with their problems myth people with bipolar disorder are moody fact bipolar cycles last from weeks to months and do not change as fast as people's moods often do myth a person with a mental health condition is weak such conditions would not affect strong people fact having a mental health condition is beyond choice or willpower anyone can have a mental health condition myth bad parenting causes adolescents to have mental health conditions fact many adverse experiences and factors may influence a person's mental health and well-being adolescents' relationships with their parents and family are just one factor a person raised in supportive and loving homes and those raised in homes maintained by caregivers who need mental support can experience mental health difficulties equally myth people with mental health conditions uh, with mental health needs rather cannot keep and perform well in a job fact people with mental health conditions can perform well in a job especially in a supportive workplace that supports and promotes that promotes mental health <laughs> pardon me for that so those are the only those are the few myths and facts surrounding mental health conditions and again i will stitch this link so that you can read more wherever it is that you feel i haven't spoken in depth about mental health conditions but like i said i hope people will take time to take mental health conditions serious not because there's just this one month or this one day or there's this awareness that's happening uh, around the cause but because it's a day-to-day thing this there's people going through the most the seasonal depression seasonal and people are experiencing anxiety in the weirdest of ways with everything else that's that's going on living is taking a toll on people and certain experiences are bringing about conditions that we are ill-equipped to deal with so if mental health conditions are taken into consideration and they're given the utmost importance that they need i'm pretty sure there's going to be 
a change in attitude with regards to people that are going through these conditions, with regards to people that are suffering from these conditions. There's going to be a change in way we regard and speak with one another. And there's going to be a change in the way we speak to ourselves as well. I'm hoping we take time to learn about ourselves when you're ready take be patient with yourself because like i said it's it's work on its own to try and work through your issues it's work on its own to have to hold space for yourself to have grace for yourself to be patient with yourself to talk to yourself kindly despite everything else that has happened to you so i'm hoping people can can take time for themselves as much as they devote themselves to other people I hope you devote yourself to yourself and I hope you're surrounded by people that love you, people that pay attention to you as a person, not you as a person that is of importance to them because of some gain that they can benefit from you, but because you're human and you're deserving of that love, you're deserving of that support, you're deserving of that friendship and everything else that you need. So. I'm hoping this helps. I'm hoping this uh, episode and the previous episode is of benefit. And I'm hoping there's going to be a change of attitude in the way people regard mental health conditions. So this is where I end. I'm going to... And we're going to, to meet again in the next episode. So this has been Malala Halwindi on Ramblings of a Mad Woman. Have a lovely day.